Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hey, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a ton going on, tons to get to. I do appreciate you taking the time. Lots going on. Lot, lot, lot to get to. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247. Open the phone lines right now. If you watched the Super Bowl yesterday and you wanted to get through and give me comments, I'll listen to you. Also, are you watching the Olympics? We're going to get into the Olympics as well. We're going to try to start out, though, with an update on what's happening in Canada with the, with the Freedom Convoy 2022. Uh, it's interesting. Something resurfaced recently from Justin Trudeau, where Trudeau, the, the Prime Minister of Canada, goes on and on and on about protecting the freedoms and liberties of Canadians as he's taking away the freedoms and liberties of Canadians. It's actually pretty stark, but, but again, he's in the ruling class, and the ruling class will do everything that they possibly can to continue the power and control they have over the people, and they'll even lie to get it, which clearly he did on a Monday. Uh-huh. That's right. Motown Monday. Boo-doo. How's it going, Carrie? It's okay. Amy lives in uh, Japan past few years. Thoroughly enjoys listening to my program. Awesome. You did not know we had fans in, in Japan, I guess. Appreciate that. Paulo's in the house. Monica's in for Sam. Lots going on. Lots to get to. So yeah, there was this bit of video that showed up. I don't have it queued up, so I don't have it ready for you. But Justin Trudeau's going on, it's a few years ago, going on and on about freedom and the liberty of the Canadians, and he's going to fight for that, and it always comes first. And here he is, literally restricting the freedoms and liberties of Canadians by saying you must get a shot, or else you've got to vaccinate, or you've got to quarantine, I should say, for 10 days or two weeks or something after you get back from the United States, taking a load of goods from Canada to, to the U.S. and back. But again, he's ruling class, and they can say or do anything they want. You know, it, it's funny because, uh, did you bring this up, Eric Garcetti, no mask at all? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did he just hold his breath the entire game? Well, I don't know. Like I said, he had a mask in his hand, but yeah. he was clearly in a small group. They were pretty close together, looking like he was talking. Right. Um, you got to breathe. Right. Talk. Uh... But there was no mention of whether or not he was holding his breath, though. Isn't this the same guy that said, I'm not even going to do that anymore. I'm just never taking the mask off again. He's like, I'm never doing it. I'm not going to hold my breath. When people ask me for a picture, I'll tell them I don't have time for a picture. And there they were, every single one of these idiots exploiting the fact that they are some sort of upper echelon elite and the rest of us are a bunch of idiots and they don't have to wear masks. And it really bothered me. Because I'm always out for the world. I'm the blue-collar guy, right? I'm always out for the worker. It bothered me to see the servers all masked up. They're actually out there humping it, man. They're out there working. They're out there trying to get it done for their families. And they've got to wear this restrictive mask while none of the stars have to, as they're just chilling and relaxing. It's just crazy to me. And by the way, all those stars that I showed on the video to the chat room, to the to the video screen, um, none of them were eating or drinking. Because you know, there's a rule where you're eating or drinking, you could take it off, right? None of them were. Mm-hmm. 
So there you go. We've got that for you. Do, do you have a latest on the trucking situation in Canada? There's been kind of a mainstream media blackout of sorts, and I wonder if anything's even available today. I have something from yesterday. Oh, what do you have? From CNN, a police crackdown to remove protesters decrying COVID-19 mandates could soon restore some normalcy to American and Canadian businesses hit hard by a blockade at the border. Windsor police have started arresting protesters blocking the Ambassador Bridge, the busiest land border crossing in North America. Uh, the nearly week-long standoff at the bridge, which links Detroit and Windsor, Ontario, has paralyzed traffic between the U.S. and Canada and crippled a key trade route for both countries. Now those refusing to budge will face severe consequences. The leader of Ontario province said let me be crystal clear it is illegal and punishable to block and impede the movement of goods people and services along critical infrastructure ontario premier doug ford tweeted sunday fines for non-compliance would be severe with a maximum penalty of one hundred thousand dollars and up to a year imprisonment now, the protests stem from truckers opposing canada's new mandate requiring them to either be fully vaccinated when crossing the canadian u.s border or face a two-week quarantine their freedom convoy has since drawn supporters resisting other COVID-19 prevention measures, including mask mandates, lockdowns, and restrictions on gatherings. Up to 30 protesters have been arrested near the Ambassador Bridge, most of whom were charged with criminal mischief. Windsor Police Chief Pamela Mizuno told reporters Sunday afternoon. Windsor Police also seized five vehicles from protesters Sunday, she said, and seven vehicles were towed on Saturday. Okay. Why, Carolyn, let me ask you something as a journalist. Why isn't there a news story today? I don't know. I mean, I'm um, just, just, this is not an there, opinion. There could be. This is like one of the first ones uh, that I saw. No, I got you. But, but I mean, I'm, I'm not asking you to take a side for or against the truckers as a journalist. Shouldn't, isn't this a huge story? This is a huge story, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, the so, first, so when you honestly, plug it in, first... when you plug it into your news sources, uh, I, I would think that eight, 82,000 stories from today should show up. Well, I was just going to say that the one that the first one that popped up, which I can't use, is from MSNBC. The, the headline is Canada's trucker blockade is a right wing fantasy made real. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It just, it's stunning to me. Oh, but it does say it is an opinion piece, however. So, but that's the first one that popped up. It's so weird to me that this is, I mean, it is crippling to our economy um i don't think this has anything to do with the with the freedom convoy in canada but um in the san antonio area where in texas we normally have lower gas prices than anybody else the gas station i saw um was 320 a gallon 320 a gallon Why you really just let that sink in because when trump was in office i'm going to take a guess and Carrie, I'm willing to be wrong if you saw different numbers, but I think it was like a dollar eighty-five for gas. Then I'll double check, but it certainly wasn't three twenty. Three twenty. How much are you paying where where, where you get your gas? Uh, Do you know? The last time I checked, it was like three oh nine, three ten. And that's not okay. So when Biden says we're not going to raise taxes on anybody making four hundred thousand dollars or less, that's a lie because higher gas prices certainly is taxing to all families, all Americans, no matter your income. In fact, the upper-level income people have an easier time buying gasoline when it's double what it was before, close to double. Uh, when you've got, how much How much has ground beef gone up per pound, do you know? Dollar, two dollars, three dollars? That I don't That I don't know. We eat a lot of ground beef at a Pag's house. It's gone up a lot. It's gone up a lot. It's gone up so much that I don't think that people who aren't making a lot of money 
are are feeling good about it. And look, people making a lot of money don't feel good paying higher prices either. They just don't feel the impact as much. So here we are with a a potential real goods issue because Canada is being stupid about forcing a shot that doesn't stop you from getting nor spreading COVID-19. And then they're going to quarantine you if you don't get the shot. That's going to even disrupt things more. And as Biden goes, and he's not saying anything, we're all feeling the impact. And it's a heavy, heavy duty impact. And it's not okay. I would think this story should be the lead. Top trend on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere else you go. Should be the lead story in ABC, NBC, CBS. Maybe it is. I don't know. I can't watch the news because I'm actually working. But uh, without a doubt, without a doubt, um, this should be the top story everywhere because pressure needs to continue to go on the government of Canada. And I say this from the perspective of somebody who enjoys and loves the First Amendment. The First Amendment freedom of the press, and the press was named there, not the media, because it really wasn't something called media back then. The press was the printing press for newspapers. The printing press and those who wrote the stories that would appear in, in these pamphlets or newspapers or whatever the hell uh, it happened to be, those people were given the unadulterated and unrestricted right to cover government affairs and keep them to task, hold their feet to the fire. They were told you cannot be infringed by the government from doing your job to, to make sure the government is doing right by the people. It was literally a check and balance system. It was the fourth check and balance You've got the executive, the legislative, the the judicial branch. Then you've got this non-government branch to keep them all in check. It was the people's check and balance, other than voting and having proper representation. And these people are just, they're just complicit now. The pressure should be on, like I had the guy from Rebel News on the other day, Ezra Levant. Great guy. Great information that you haven't heard anywhere else. If you go to rebelnewsonline.com or follow them on Twitter or whatever, you see this isn't some right-wing thing. This isn't even political, this thing. This is about health choice. This is about body autonomy. This is about informed consent. This is not about left versus right. I mean, they're interviewing people from Iran. They're interviewing the Sikh community. They're interviewing black and Hispanic and white and everybody else in between. Isn't about race isn't about even being anti-government. It's being pro-choice when it comes to a shot in your arm that we don't even know what's in it and we don't know what the adverse, effect, uh, the, the adverse effects might be. Although we've got a lot of information on adverse effects, we don't have anything from the government that verifies it, so we have to do our own legwork and find out. I mean, I, I, was, I was chatting with Dr. Urso last night after the game. And we're talking about people not wearing masks and so on and so forth. And he's just sending me all sorts of information, man. He's sending me information that, that just was above reproach. The information he's sending me, and, and finally, Carrie, I had to say to him, what is the source here? Because mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to use it. Sure. The source is from the British government. The source is ons.gov.uk. And... He's showing me age standardized mortality rates by vaccination status per 100,000 person years in England, age 10 to 14, deaths occurring between 1 January 2021 and 31 October 2021. And those who are vaccinated with two doses were the highest number of those who died. 
I mean, I'm not sure I understand. The unvaccinated is the lowest number of those who died. Yet, for some reason, Justin Trudeau and, you know, the Queen of England is their queen in Canada, thinks that he knows more. Percentage of COVID-19 deaths, hospitalizations and deaths by vaccination status in Scotland, 14 August uh, to uh, 10 December 2021. Unvaccinated was 40%. Vaccinated, 60%. That's cases. Hospitalizations, unvaccinated, 30%. Vaccinated, 70%. Deaths, 15% unvaccinated, 85% vaccinated. The source is the official public health Scotland COVID-19 statistical reports. And you've got an idiot in Canada. Like the idiots here, Fauci on down, Biden on down, who keep on trying to force you to get a shot in your arm. It doesn't make any sense. Yet they keep on doing it. And it's not the top story. And it's not the biggest story. It's not the most covered story. And it's the story most lied about today. And it boggles my mind. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Do you think the media is purposely like I think? The media are perfectly because it's a plural. You know, I hate that media is is plural, but it is. You know what the singular is of media? Mm, medium. Yeah, exactly right. So the media are purposely, in my opinion, complicit and covering for the government of Canada. I wonder if you agree. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Stay right here. All right, great to have you. Motown Monday on the Joe Pag Show. Thanks for being here. Lots going on. Your thoughts about the seeming media blackout of real news and the real story out of Canada. I mean, I'm seeing people who I trust over on social media, Carrie, saying that Justin Trudeau actually invokes something that is exactly the same as martial law in America, that he's now put that in place in Canada. And, you know and again, yeah, go I ahead. did see something like that. That should have come up, actually, when I put that in my search. And, and again, I, um, I think that, are you searching Google? Are you searching your own news sources? What are you searching? Um, well, I, I, I was searching Google. Because Google is going to suppress it, to be honest with you. They just yeah. are, because they're, they're in cahoots. Okay. Google doesn't, they've, they're, they're taking a side. They always do. Yeah, um, yeah I saw this off of uh, the Daily Mail. Right. Uh, the headline is, we will not allow these illegal and dangerous activities to continue. Trudeau invokes Emergencies Act to crack down on Freedom Convoy, powers that have only been used once before in peacetime and is slammed by four Canadian premiers. Wow. Just an idiot. The, the guy's an idiot. He's losing his traction. He's he's going to be voted the hell out next time, hopefully. Uh, but man, you know, this is actually crazy. It's crazy to me. And it's a shame that Google and YouTube and Twitter and Facebook will all suppress what the real news is. The guy is acting like an authoritarian idiot, and that's not okay. And I'm glad you said four uh, provincial presidents are against it. Uh, four Canadian premiers, yes. Premiers, okay. Because, um, again, in a lot of those provinces, and we outlined this on Friday with, with Ezra, 
Um, they're now saying, no, we're not going to worry about a mandate. You just go and do what you do, which is good. They need to all stand up against this city, and he needs to realize that he's losing support and the faith of the people, that's for sure. Uh, let's outline the Olympic story, if you don't mind. First, let me ask you, have you watched the Olympics at all? I really haven't, no. Polo Olympics at all? No. Monica Olympics? Nope. Now, for those who don't know, Monica's my sister. We grew up in the same house. We used to watch this. We used to gather around and watch the Olympics and the fanfare of the whole thing. I mean, it's just not there anymore. You would agree that we watched? Oh, we definitely watched. I used to love watching ice skating. I, I mean, I just, no. So I haven't watched a second of it. Now, I've seen some of the news stories about the Russian skater this and and the American person that, and they're not feeding them enough or something. Carrie, we've got an actual news story about how the, the other than Chinese athletes are not being fed nor treated very well. Fill me in. Yeah, from uh, the New York Post, it's apparently not all fun and games at the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. Uh, complaints from athletes and officials are pouring in about the alleged poor living conditions, dining options, isolating rooms, and debilitating weather conditions, according to social media posts. Uh, German alpine skiing coach Christian Schweiger criticized the catering in Beijing and raised concern about limited food options to fuel the high-performing pro athletes. Uh, the catering is extremely questionable because really it's not catering at all. There are no hot meals, he told the Sun. There are crisps, some nuts and chocolate and nothing else that shows a lack of focus on high-performance sport. A Team USA reportedly came prepared and brought extra food to the Winter Games, including bags of pasta. There have also been concerns about COVID-19 and how it's being handled in the Olympic Village. Valerie Vestanova, a Russian biathlon competitor, took to Instagram to discuss her experiences under Beijing's strict quarantine conditions. I've been getting this for breakfast, lunch and dinner for five days now. I've lost a lot of weight and my bones are sticking out. I can't eat anything else and I don't know anything about my corona test. She wrote in a since deleted Instagram post. I only sleep all day because I don't even have the strength to get out of bed. I only eat three handfuls of pasta a day because it's just impossible to eat the rest of the food, she added. My stomach hurts. I'm very pale and I have huge black circles around my eyes. I want all this to end. I cry every day. I'm very tired, she wrote, claiming the same meal was served for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for five days. As she added, she ate all the fat on a piece of meat because I was very hungry, also claiming some athletes were getting worse food than others. Athletes who test positive for COVID-19 at the winter games but are asymptomatic must isolate in a designated hotel for those experiencing COVID-19 symptoms immediate hospitalization is required by the way it is illegal to use a um, some sort of a, a a server other than what China gives you a VPN is what it's called a virtual private network you can't use a VPN in China to go to Instagram and complain about China it's been deleted, probably because China found out about it and complained to the Russian team or whatever, whatever that Instagram post was. The fact is, there are stories coming out. We're going to talk to Russ Finley up next. He used to be on the USA bobsled and skeleton team. We're going to talk to him about the reports of, of malnourishing, basically, the athletes. Unless you kiss China's ass, then they give you the world. And even people who aren't star athletes, if they're nice to China and, sh- and hold China up on high, they're getting treated very, very well. Everybody else, not so much. And plus this whole conflict about the Russian skater and doping, and she's not going to be punished as strange, too. That's coming up next. Keep it here. Don't be an A-dub. Stay with the Joe Pack Show.
Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this guy on. You know, he hit me in the email. Uh, it's Russ Finley, a former skeleton and bobsledder for the United States team. And Russ, I'm so glad you reached out. How are you? Good to see you. I'm doing great, Joe. It's a great honor to finally talk to you. I've been listening to you for years. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate that. You're the one. Um, What's interesting to me is that I am so completely in the gray area when it comes to what we should have done when it comes to the Olympics this year. And by gray area, I mean I feel for the athletes. Going to get an athlete's uh, perspective from you in a second. I understand the the geopolitical um, aspect of China is bad. And we probably shouldn't have gone if you're just considering that. But what about people who have been, you know, from two years old until 22 who are ready to go and compete? What do you do with them? Before we get to all of that, and I just mentioned this a minute ago, I'm a speed guy. I've got fast little sports cars. I like going fast on the road. But I myself with my body have never done what I saw you do, what I've seen other people do in the skeleton. Just if you don't mind, just tell my, my, my audience, my listeners and my viewers, what, what must the mindset be to get on your belly and go, what is it, 100 miles an hour, something crazy? Yeah, I was the first one to break the 100-mile-an-hour barrier. Wow. And um, it's, it's unbelievable. When you first do it, everything's a blur. But uh, over time, what happens is your, your senses adapt, okay. and everything becomes a set of pictures. So you have to know, I'm here now, I have to go there. So the speed comes out of it. You still feel the forces, you still p- feel the pain when you hit the wall, but you're, you're driving from here to there, there to there, there to there. Yeah. And everything is just uh, freeze frame and stop motion. It's not different, really, than what you hear from sports stars. Like, Dan Marino is my favorite quarterback ever. I was a Miami Dolphins fan. And Marino, as he got older, got slower and wasn't as as able to get away from the, the defense. But he had a little trickery. He would step up in the pocket. He'd do this and that. And I heard him interviewed once, and he said, the entire game, if you played it for a long time, slows down. You now can see things uh, that are happening in real time, but they seem like slow motion, and you can adapt immediately to what's happening. So I kind of hear what you're saying. It's sort of like me with radio. Pressing the buttons isn't a big deal anymore. Back in the day, I was like, oh, my God, what button do I press? Is it sort of like that? You're so used to it, and you see it all coming that it almost slows down to normal speed. Well, after a couple of thousand runs, what happens is you're trying to drive from this point to that point, and... If you make a slight error, you can't go back and correct the error you made. So you have to say, okay, this is where I am now. Now I have to get to the next point. And if you're worried about the mistake you made uh, two seconds ago, that was actually 200 yards ago because of the speed you're traveling. So you're you're going to be second guessing yourself and you're going to be behind the whole way down the track and 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 you're just going to you know you're you're just going to magnify every mistake all the way down if you don't just forget about what happened and move forward. It's about blowing off the mistakes and anticipate what's coming next then. Correct. Uh, it's Russ Finley. Uh, really really great to talk to you. Let's get into the Olympic stuff now. I remember um I think I was 14 in 1980 or or uh, 13 because it was before my birthday uh in 1980 and and I remember watching going I can't believe that um that the the Soviet Union or actually that we are not going to go to the Soviet Union because Jimmy Carter said, "Hey, we're in Afghanistan and you got to get out of Afghanistan or else we're not going to come to your Olympics." Then of course in 84 uh, during Reagan the Soviet Union decided we're not going to go to L.A. and we're not going to go and play in your Olympics. Russ, I never thought it was that way, although politics always sort of played a role. And certainly in 1972, it was disgusting what happened to, to the Jewish, to the Israeli team. Um, but politics should be put on the shelf for the time that we play the games. So when we fast forward to China 
and the fact that they've got no civil or human rights there, the fact that they're actually killing and putting in concentration camps, people because of their religious beliefs or because of their ancestral background, should we have gone? Nobody should have gone. Okay. The, the problem is the IOC has become a, a geopolitical tool, and they do this somewhat farm-made of handing out Olympics to places like Rio and giving the games to China. And they should never be doing stuff like that. They, sh- they should be saying, you know, th- this is where we need to go. This is what we have to do. Uh, we're not going to get involved in politics. So the athletes are there to compete and prove that they're the best in the world and their country is the best in the world. The problem being is there there was plenty of places that they could have hosted the Olympics, Whistler, BC, Alberville, France, Lillehammer, Norway. And this is what I was pushing for, calling congressional representatives. It's not a matter of not sending the team and punishing the athletes. It's a matter of, you know, punishing China and, and working with our our allies and saying we're not go we don't want to go you don't go let's yeah. get together and say we're not going to have a winter olympics unless you're going to put it in one of these other places and we have that kind of leverage don't we russ absolutely we we've got the we've got the best team we've got the finances i mean let, let's face it with all the the crap that we buy that's made in china we're literally financing these Beijing games. Right. So, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, until we go back to America first, and, and we do have the uh, the you know the the best team, the best athletes, and we shouldn't be there. We we should have, you know, talked with our talked with Norway, talked with France, and even Japan, and said, okay, where are we going to get together and agree to have these games? Yeah, what's interesting is Russ Finley, he's a former uh, Olympic um, trials bob, bobsledder and also skeleton, uh, which is amazing. I, I want to talk about the bobsled in a second if we can. But, um, sure. but, but, but I have to go back to 1980. I was very upset with Jimmy Carter because people who were only a small little bit older than I was at the time had worked since they were born to become the best athlete, the best gymnast, the best fill in the blank. And to say, we're just not going to send you, did in fact punish the athletes. So if I'm hearing you right, Russ, the time for us to say... We're not going, and, and all of our friends around the globe aren't going, if you give it to China, was before the IOC chose China, this time, I'm it, guessing. It was the day the IOC announced. They, they should have been, when they saw that Beijing was on the short list, they should have said, no, we're not going to do it. And it, at the end of the day, we're, you know, here, here, you can say whatever you want. You can put Beijing on the short list, but here's the list that we're going to approve. Yeah. And here's 15 or 20 countries that are the top metal contenders. And they're saying, no, th- this is where we're going to be. And once they didn't do that, was there any turning back? Because again, you and I agree, don't punch the athletes. What do you do now? It, they, they, the problem is, it, we get in this reactive situation and instead of instead of coming on first and saying no we're not going to do it they they went reactive and then they started saying well, our only tool is uh, the athletes we we're, we're going to punish the athletes and say no we're not going to send our athletes and that's just absolutely wrong is there any doubt in your mind, Russ, that China keeps on getting the games? And they've gotten them more often than anybody in the past 20 years. Um, they keep getting the games because they're paying somebody off. They're, they're generating a whole lot of money, and they're, and they're sending it around to anybody who'll listen. Is that what's going oh. on? Why do they keep getting the games? Because they're, they're the powerhouse. They've, 
They've got the money. They can put it together. They can be grandiose about it. And, and, and it's propaganda. And also, it's two things. They can, they can say we can put on the best Olympics, but they can also say that um, if you take the Olympics away from us, you're racist and, and, you're, and you're picking on us. Picking on them. It, what's interesting is uh, I haven't watched any of the Olympics specifically, but people send me videos all the time. One reporter from some country in Europe was live on the air, was taken off the air by like the military in China. Just no free speech. You can't say whatever it was that you were saying. We're hearing that the conditions are deplorable. The living conditions are horrible. They're feeding athletes other than the, the Chinese athletes less food than they're, than they're feeding the other athletes. You've got one uh, skater, I guess, who is a Chinese skater who, who uh, was doping. And nobody's going to punish this person. What the hell am I watching here, Russ? What's going on? That was a 15-year-old Russian taking a heart oh, was it medication. Russian? It was a 15-year-old Russian. Russia's already banned for using these influencing drugs. Right. And if you look at that drug, that's something for somebody our age with a bad heart condition. It's never, ever prescribed to young people. And what it does is it enhances the pumping ability of your heart. And they're they're just it, it's just a game. It's just propaganda. Well, there's, but there's no there's no punishment. So how can we take these games seriously? And, and what about the allegations of China feeding the other athletes from other countries except their own less food? <laughs> that's that's actually disgusting. And, and, and it's horrible. But I was just reading a, a article about a, a Tessa somebody that was a snow, American snowboarder that was fawning over everything. So. The, the Chinese are experts in propaganda, so what they're doing is they're picking athletes that are sympathetic to them, and they're, they're giving them um, high-end accommodations, right. better rooms, warmer rooms, better food. They're going to do everything, and they're going to say, say something nice about us, so of course they do. And then the rest of the athletes that are, and, and the thing of it is, is she wasn't even a medal contender. So they're going to take our medal contenders and they're going to treat them like crap, feed them horribly, and it's going to be a bad experience. And I mean, you, you've, you've got to function 110% all the time. And if, if your diet is horrible, your sleeping accommodations are horrible, you're not going to be able to perform. And that's exactly what they've done. They've that, you know, I, I was hoping and, and, your audience will probably shoot me for this. Nancy Pelosi was right in saying, shut your mouth. She was wrong when she said, because the Chinese are mean. Right. No, your job is to go there, compete, win, prove that you're the best in the world and your country is the best in the world. Well, the, and the, I was the, the, problem, the problem that my audience and I, and you probably have this problem too with Nancy Pelosi saying it, is she was saying it to kiss up to the Chinese. She wasn't really saying it to keep our athletes safe. She was saying it to basically take a knee or a bow um, uh, at her waist to the Chinese. And that, that's the problem I have. She's the freaking speaker of the house. She should be the one who says, get out there and kick ass for America. I don't care where it is. That's what yeah. I expected her to say. Do like Jesse Owens did. Exactly. You go there, you win every medal you can get your hands on. And when you're standing at the podium, you just give G that look and say, yep, I just smoked you. Yep. And we're going to, and we're going to do it again. And that's, I, I would rather see, Athletes speak with their athletic performance, and because you are you're a quasi ambassador when you're in these countries. I've been to 13 different countries, and, yeah. and you are truly an ambassador. So you speak with the actions of your of what you your athletic endeavors. 
But then I was hoping the athletes would come back and say to all these people in these Confucius Institutes and everything, we were in China, we saw it firsthand, and we are absolutely positively, we do not want this in the greatest country in the world. There, hey, Russ, there's no way the IOC doesn't know how bad it is there, right? They have to know. Oh, they they know. They, they know firsthand, but the thing of it is, is, again, it's propaganda. They brought the IOC people over. And it's just like when you go to any of these third world countries where Main Street is beautiful and the back streets are deadly. The Chinese brought the IOC delegation in. They took them to the best places, showed them the best things, showed them where they were going to build the facilities, showed them the plans for the beautiful facilities, fed them, wined them dined them and said look this this is how it's going to be and this is how it's going to be for the athletes yeah. and you know they were just you know they, they the ioc just was tools again for propaganda have you been to china no i i've been i i adopted my daughter gia from china i went 11 years ago and exactly what you're saying is what they did they took me to the most beautiful places you'll ever see we stayed at the most elaborate hotel they took us to actually beijing where where the swim meets happened where michael phelps won all of those uh, those gold medals but what they didn't know is i had an exchange student from china before that who met up with us and took us to the real china it's pretty bad it really is. I mean, what they show you is a very small area of a very vast country, um, and they really do Americanize it for you. Like when we got Chinese food, we got food there. Um, they gave us the American sort of MSG-laden food. She gave us the real food later, which was actually much better. Um, but, but when we saw the rice paddies and we saw how people generally live outside of that center of Beijing, we got a real picture of what it was. You're 100% right. They, they bring you to the best places. Look how incredible it is. No crime, no problems. It's shiny. Everybody smiles at you. They I'll speak perfect English. Um, there's a very different China that we're not allowed to see. I'm guessing the IOC knows about the different China and how deplorable it is for so many people. But again, the money is what talks. I want to get back to sports, if you don't mind. Um, uh, the four-man bobsled, it's got to be such a different thing from being the skeleton. The skeleton, it's you. If you screw up, it's you. If you win, you win. If you go 100, it's because Russ went 100. When it's a four-man bobsled, do you guys feel like you're working against each other? Does it take a while to, to get yourselves in that same sort of motion? It's four man bobsled is incredible. It, it, it's riding an ICBM. You, uh, you, <laughs> wow. uh, you know, it, with the with the four men combined, it's about fourteen hundred pounds going down the track. Wow. And um, the driver, it's really weird because the, the driver in his position doesn't feel a lot of the G's and he's just making very, very subtle hand movements right. to steer those runners. The, the key is. The, the all four have to work in unison to get the sled off the line. They have to get in perfectly, no squirreling around or anything. And when they get in, they have to lock themselves in place and go into a tuck. And the key to being the two, three, or, or brakeman is actually you have to envision the track in your head in real time. And you have to know, here's the pressure point. There's a pressure point. I have to lean uphill. I have to lean downhill. Wow. I, you know, I have to hold that center of gravity. So the steering works perfect and we can't skid because when you skid, you're losing time. And it's, yeah, I mean, just just the difference between what the driver is doing and the brakeman with the rear end of the sled only, you know, five feet away is doing. is it, It's it's just incredible. Sounds amazing. I want to wrap it up this way. If you don't mind, about 30 seconds with Russ Finley. I could talk to you for two hours about the stuff, <laughs> Russ. I just I just love your knowledge and love the, your experience. Um, uh, last question. Should we now learn 
from this. Next time they even consider China, we need to take a stand. There are no human rights. They're killing people. They're, they're putting people in concentration camps. They're not presenting themselves as who they really are. They're cheating now with how they're feeding our athletes. Should we learn and, and just put our feet down? We're not going to another games in China. Absolutely. Um, again, we, we have to, the country as a delegation has to get hold of the IOC yeah. and say, we want to know the short list right up front because, you know, Asia, Asia's off the short list, period, end of story. And they have to reach out to all the governing bodies of all the other nations, the allied nations and say, we're just not going to do it. Russ, I appreciate it more than you know. Come back on again. It's Russ Finley, former skeleton and bobsledder for the United States uh, Olympic team. Thank you. So it's the Olympic trials. You didn't actually go, but you were still on the Olympic team, certainly, uh, the team that was uh, that was trying to get there. Thanks a million for coming on and giving us your experience and for reaching out to me. Can we do it again? Absolutely. I've, I've, I've got a great transgender story to tell you one of these. <laughs> well, well, see, that's a great, uh, a great tease for next time. Russ, we'll do it. I appreciate you. We're back after this. Stay right here. Sounds good. This is the Joe Pad Show. Great to have you. Really appreciate having Russ on. That was a fun interview. Really, really great information from him. We'll have him back on again. Let's do some pop culture. Bip. Dirty pop. All right, Polo, what's happening? Talk to me. All right, so you know who Michelle Tafoya is, right? Yes, uh, sideline reporter. Okay, so, so this uh, Super Bowl game was her last um, game for NBC. Okay. She, uh, I guess she had mentioned it, I guess, back in January that she was leaving sports journalism and she's actually going to go join the campaign um, for the Minnesota GOP gubernatorial candidate, uh, Kendall Qualls. Really? Yeah. Well, now that's very interesting. We'll have to have Michelle Tafoya on. I'm sure she'd come on. I knew that we talked about it in January when there was speculation about her, but I wasn't sure what was going on. I'm glad that we now know. That's interesting. All right, man. Thanks. Appreciate that. That's Polo. That's Carrie. That's Monica in for Sam. It's Joe. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.